It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 845 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, December the 14th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors as well as on all of your favorite podcast providers. Please subscribe to, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. It's very much appreciated when you take the time to go ahead and do that. And also a reminder that starting today on the Locked On NBA feed, the six-part season pre Preview specials are running. The Atlantic Division, featuring me, is up today. So go listen to that. All the local hosts chipping in six or seven minutes on their teams with some thoughts from Chad Ford on the rookies playing for each team. We got thoughts from Josh Lloyd on the fantasy angle to keep an eye on for every team. So go and subscribe to that all week long, plus next Monday, to get you ready for the NBA season. All right. On today's show, speaking of getting ready for the NBA season. The Raptors played a game on Saturday night. They have their first preseason game in the books against the Charlotte Hornets, a 111-100 win. And joining me to talk all about the win for the Raptors and uh, some of the more interesting notes from what was a preseason game, so we can't say it was all that interesting. But either way, our guest is very interesting. He is a, a mainstay of Raptors internet, a distressed Eagles fan, and a returning guest of the podcast who was on while I was away on vacation in August with Vivek. It is Jordan Hales, Mr. Sticks himself. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Uh, I appreciate the intro. Uh, I can't say I'm distressed today because the Eagles won. So thank, that's right. <laughs> thank God for that. Um, yeah. No, but I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 
course, man. Happy to have you on and happy to talk about a game finally. Although Absolutely. I guess it hasn't been that long since there were games given this insanely short turnaround. But there yeah. were some things to dive into from last night's game. Just about everybody who was there played, minus Patrick McCaw and O'Shea Brissett. So I'm sure we can conjure takes about all these dudes. Uh, but let's start the way we usually start our game recap podcast. Jordan, what was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors preseason opener? Ogugwa Ananobi Jr., <laughs> first and foremost. Um, I think that was the biggest surprise because we did see him, uh, we did see flashes of it of his improvement on the offensive uh, on his offensive game, and to kind of see it in full force. Like obviously, it's just like a um, you know, it, it's just a sampling of it, but it was a good sampling. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. defensively, you know, you're gonna get out of him, and as expected, he's going to elevate from last year. And offensively, just like the the leaps and bounds that he's uh, progressed, uh, saw big evidence of it with his handles and just how he's able to run the floor. And, you know, it it was really exciting. I will say that. That was the biggest takeaway. And also uh, Malachi Flynn, uh, our rookie, uh, well, one one of the rookies that we got. And uh, I think that this is going to be a beneficial year uh, for our rookies because – I doubt that we're going to be sending them to play with the 905, depending mm-hmm. on what the NBA G League is going to look like. So for them to get like, you know, big time NBA minutes uh, as the season progresses, like he looked really, really good. He didn't really look like a rookie. You know, usually rookies are like a shell of themselves. They get nerves and stuff like that. But he looked really comfortable, amazing on the defensive end. Had He has great range as a shooter. So it was those are the two biggest standouts for me. Yeah, hard to argue with either of those picks. We're going to talk about Flynn a little bit more coming up. I want to obviously spend quite a bit of time on him because he was among the non-OG players on the team, among the more exciting and fun. But yeah, let's stick with OG for a second. I mean, look, we've been hyping him up all preseason long. We did the podcast on Tuesday with Joe Wolf on talking about you know, just how good OG could be, where we threw around Ron Artest comparisons and talked about, you know, potential fringe all-star candidacy, maybe not this year, but down the line. And, I mean, the the handle looked just far beyond what it's ever been. I mean, he goes behind the back on the break to dunk on the mellow ball. He has another between-the-legs move at another point as well. Um, it just... If he's got that, and we saw a little bit of it in the bubble where it wasn't so much like straight line driving as much as it was him sort of backing down and finding himself in a post where he could take advantage with his size. You know, this is a lot more sort of direct slasher type stuff. And if you have that, I mean, it kind of opens up a lot of different things for the Raptors in the half court because it doesn't just always have to flow through the same couple guys. It doesn't have to be Fred waiting for a screen from Aaron Baines. By the way, Aaron Baines' screens, we might not talk about it again, but holy shit, that dude can set a screen. Um, (laughs) But like, if you have OG sort of working as someone who you can actually draw offense up for, where he can run an improvised pick and roll with Pascal or something like that, I mean, that just kind of... It adds another layer to the offense that was not there at all during the postseason. As good as OG was, I don't know. How how excited are you allowing yourself to get after seeing a couple, as our friend Samson Folk from the Raptors Republic podcast said, uh, you know, OG goes behind the back once and people are putting into the Hall of Fame. Rightly so, uh, <laughs> I might say to that. But like, how excited are you allowing yourself to get about OG based on exactly one preseason game? 
Uh, I've always been excited when it uh, when it came to OG just because mm-hmm. of the fact that um, his defensive prowess, first and foremost, and I knew that his offensive game would like you know pick up just because of the development stuff that we have, and also at the same time having that one year with Kawhi. I know a lot of people still don't want to hear his name, but it's but it's the truth. <laughs> Him, you know. Uh, being tutored essentially by Kawhi, really studying him and like you know his demeanor and looking at um different ways to uh, attack the offense and to really set himself up and his teammates up and having an off season so to speak uh to really you know polish his offensive game and you know there is a reason why you know May he rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. There's a reason why OG was part of the players that was invited to the Mamba Academy workouts. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like that potential has always been there. Um, I know that people, uh, when he was in college and before he had his knee injury, he would have been like a top 10 pick. And, you know, that offensive game just didn't come to be quite yet. But him, him finding his confidence and at the same time where everyone is going to be primarily focused on Pascal, Fred, Kyle, obviously, like, you know, you throw in an OG in there who's kind of like a wild card for a lot of people and people only see him as like, oh yeah, like, you know, he's not going to do anything offensively because defensively that's where he's the beast. But him turning into a two-way like threat and we can potentially have like, you know, I don't know, three of them (laughs) on the team uh, for our young core. Uh, OG, OG always excites me, you know what I'm saying? As a fellow uh, July cancer, you know, it's just like he has a he has a special place in my heart. Yeah, I mean, I let's put it this way: later this week, we'll be doing our annual over unders podcast with Vivek mm-hmm. and Sahal Abdi, and I'll be setting the over under. One of the over unders will be OG points per game, and mm-hmm. I am like last night's game. I it's going to cause me to put the over under up a little bit just because. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's okay, just so ready. so what do you have it right now? What do you have it right <laughs> I, now? I don't, haven't quite said it. We talked about it uh, last week. I think, like, between Wolfond and I, we kind of settled in somewhere between, like, 13 and 15 a game. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much where I would have. I would say, like, 15. Yeah. You know, like, the, the lowest I would go is probably... Yeah, thir- yeah, you know what? Thirteen and fifteen sounds that's that's reasonable. Yeah, I you know thought thir- thirteen so. and a half was gonna be the number. I think last night might have bumped it up to fourteen and a half, and it remains to be seen what Monday's game will uh will 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 hold in store. Maybe it's up to seventeen and a half by then. I don't know. But either way, <laughs> very excited about OG. Very good stuff to see. Uh, more dunks, please. Also, the the longer floppier hair is uh, doing it for me. There's like a manic energy when he gets the ball now that I think uh is is mirrored by the hair, and I think it's great. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> continue on in just a second here. We're going to dive into Malachi Flynn and some rotation questions that may or may not have been answered in the first preseason game. But first, uh, just a reminder that the NHL season is getting closer as well. One month from yesterday, actually, until the first game that, uh, the Maple Leafs and all the other NHL teams will be playing. And of course, Locked on Leafs with Mike DiStefano is going strong. You can go listen to Locked on Leafs on your favorite podcast provider. Subscribe today. No matter what moves you made last year. TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? 
Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, Jordan. So, let's continue on talking about the preseason. We've left OG behind. I'm sure that will not be the last time we get very excited about OG and Anobi on this year's podcast this season. Let's talk about Malachi Flynn, another guy who seems like he's going to get us quite excited. Uh, he played 20 minutes. It seemed like Nick Nurse was uh, very eager to get him a lot of run. I believe he started the second mm-hmm. half playing point guard as well. He was a team best plus 35 in this game, which was insane. Nine points, four assists, couple boards as well. Had a steal in there. Uh, three of six from three. Two of them catch and shoots. One of them a really nice looking pull up. After uh, again, mm-hmm. shocker, Aaron Baines cleared some <laughs> cleared some room with the screen. Um, Look, I don't know where you thought Malachi was going to slot into the rotation coming into this season. It seemed like he was on kind of the outside of like the eight or so that Nurse seemed to wanted to narrow things down to. I, I wonder if that's changed after this game because that dude looks extremely ready to be on an NBA floor. Yeah, well, looking at the history of how um, Masai, Bobby, Dan Tolson, the rest of the scouting team, look, looking at how they have determined the kind of players that they want for this team. Um, older guards, you know what I'm saying? They like older, experienced guards. Norm, four-year, Fred, four-year. Um, Malachi is another four-year guard. Uh, very accomplished um, when you look at what he was able to do uh, in the Mountain West and his demeanor and um, how he approaches game uh it just fits right in with uh with nick nurse uh nick nurse's philosophy Mm -hmm. in terms of the discipline that he's channeling to the rest of the team because the one takeaway that i really that really stood out to me is how hungry that the team played from the starters to the second unit to to going even deeper in the bench like paul watson there's less than a minute left in the game, and he's still going hard to get a block at the rim. You know what I mean? To deny a layup attempt. So, and and that and those are the kind of guys that um, that this organization, you know, really looks for. And for me, what gives me, you know, uh, a lot of peace and how I'm able to kind of balance out my fandom uh, of the Raptors, like I don't really looking too deep with like you know who's going to be on the rotation and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff i'm just like look i'm here to enjoy who we picked and to see how they pan out you know what i'm saying because exercising patience (laughs) when it comes to being a sports fan it doesn't seem to go hand in hand anymore so it's just (laughs) like you know what let me just see what they can do you know what i'm saying obviously i'm excited about you know, who we draft. And obviously I want to see more Jalen Harris. He, he looked good in, in the little flashes that he was out there. I think he hit two threes, mm-hmm. both from the same corner. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, uh, with him being um, kind of mentored by Kyle and Fred, who are, who can absolutely have had great impacts on 
the offensive end, but they're mostly known for their defensive energy and style play. And Fred having like, you know, three steals in like the first five minutes of the game, it seemed oh, hell like yeah. it was that that's something that we can build off of. And I see that in Malachi as well, because he looks more mature than what he is. You know what I'm saying? Like a 22 year old mm-hmm. rookie, but he looked like he was probably in his second or third year. So that's something that I'm looking forward to just to see the, uh, the chemistry continue to build with our young core. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the things Flynn did well are pretty innumerable in that game last night. I mean, he, he runs a pick and roll as advertised very, very methodically and, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't seem to waste any passes or movement. Uh, you know, the pull up three was very exciting too. And, and, and fun to see the three point stroke looks excellent. The defense was a lot better than I think, you know, could have been reasonably expected for a rookie who, yes, he was the defensive player of the year in the mountain West, but it's the mountain West. And how much do you really put stock into that? Mm-hmm. Um, but like he, had a couple possessions. I, th- I think it was our friend Josh Howe who uh, had posted a clip of, of Flynn fighting through two screens uh, yeah, against Terry Rozier. Right. Yeah, and then forcing a travel out of it. And Rozier's just like, this dude's still on me? Like, what the hell? Right. Um, he, he stopped it in, in isolation. He totally stonewalled uh, the lesser McDaniels. I think it's Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> um, and it, it, yeah, it's just he does a lot of things that just seem like it, it really quickly feels like he's going to be a dude Nick Nurse is like, oh, yeah, I can trust this guy because he doesn't really make mistakes. He had no turnovers in the game last night either. And again, all of this is with the caveat of it's one preseason game. So, you know, things could go horribly awry on Monday night and we're talking about something different. But given the lack of sort of proven depth the Raptors have in their guard Mm -hmm. rotation between, Mm -hmm. you know, after Kyle, Fred and Norm, it's kind of an open spot, I think, for that fourth guard spot. I wonder if Flynn just kind of quickly grabs it because of all the very reliable, steady things he does that does kind of mirror a lot of the more... Like, I think he's a different player, obviously, than Fred and Kyle, very clearly. But I think I wonder if maybe the sort of replicating of the responsibility that those guys bring to it might be a welcome sight for Nick Nurse when they go to the bench and things are destined to get kind of funky and weird. So uh, I'm pretty excited. mm -hmm. And I think that... um, I think that that's where Matt Thomas will come into play as well, because yeah. obviously he had a brilliant game. Um, you seeing him more than a shooter, uh, him being a facilitator, him being a playmaker. Obviously he has his uh, presence felt on a defensive end as well. So as you look past Kyle and Fred, like you can look at, you know, Matt Thomas and Malachi and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, it's uh there, there's a cult, there's a culture built here. You know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. and it's, and it's a matter of like, listen, you attack every possession like your life depends on it. Uh, you play defense, you share the ball, you make the smart read, and then you know you make the most effective play. And that's really just been the philosophy top down. And that's why I really don't have a lot of worries. I know that you know a lot of Raptors fans have been worried about you know, what's going to happen and through running the, running the offense through like Pascal and seeing how he improves and then Fred and people have their reservations about Fred because they think he over dribbles all the time. And, you know, there's just a a lot of questions in the air and a lot of unnecessary anxiety, I want to say, because you just don't know. It's basketball. Everything just ebbs and flows the way that it does, but the cohesion of the team that can't be, you know, that can't just diminish because these guys know each other. You can see 
the joy coming back into Pascal's life, which is great Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, like he had a hard bubble. He knows that too. But what we've known about Pascal since we drafted him is just like he has improved every single year significantly. So to write him off and to have doubts about how he can be an efficient number one in his off in on this team this season, it's just like, yeah, just wait, just wait and see. You don't know, just wait and see. But I get it. I am not in the business of speculating and forecasting and talking about the sport every day. I'm really just a fan and a occasional uh, commentator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, Raptors fans worrying about something. What? It, that that's uh, that's wild. I, I never mm. would would accuse Raptors fans of doing that. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you mentioned Matt Thomas. Uh, worth touching on him for a second. 16 points last night, four seven from three, five assists, which was very very fun to see. And it seems as though he's just adding stuff for when teams, you know, are are bound to sell out on him and, and shooting the three. You know, the defense will always be the limiting factor there, but the the playmaking is quite nice. The positional defense, of course, made a lot of strides in the bubble as well. And, you know, I was talking about the rotation and sort of that eight-man sort of number that Nick Nurse seemed to land on. You know, to me, I think there's like seven guys who could theoretically be the eighth man on a given night. So I'm not sure why Nurse said that he wants like a hard eight-man rotation. It seems like maybe the move would be to be more fluid, but... I do wonder as well if maybe Thomas is just that guy and they run out bench lineups with, with Powell and Thomas and, you know, one of the guards and maybe throw OG at the five, which just talked about definitely wanted to use a lot more as well. And if you can get enough defense around Thomas, I think you're more than happy to just have him out there and bomb away. Cause, uh, that dude is one of the more fun shooters to watch that I have ever seen. It's crazy. It's automatic. It's beautiful. And I look forward to hopefully him getting a little bit more run in the second game on Monday night. Uh, Jordan, we're going to continue on, wrap up. I'll go rapid fire on some of these guys and what you thought of their games in just a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar, which you don't need me to tell you again by now. Built Bar is the most tasty protein bar you're going to find. They have 18 wonderful flavors for you to try out, including some of my favorites like orange and toffee almond. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. They are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for keto diets as well. Really great thing to have in the morning if you don't like a heavy breakfast or something like that. Highly recommend a Built Bar to uh, have a bit of a meal replacement and not weigh you down. Right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off of your next order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Jordan, let's just uh, wrap up here with some rapid fire on some of these dudes who we haven't quite hit on just yet. Uh, let's start out Norman Powell, bit of a rough game for him. 20 minutes, one of eight from the field, zero of three from deep. Uh, any concern there with Norm whatsoever or just, uh, the first game of the preseason? I would imagine I know where you're going. You're going to go with this answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that you know, because I'm just like, I'm not, 
Look, good or bad, I'm not going to overreact to the first preseason game, to be honest with you. Look, man, it's a daily podcast. We we have to... <laughs> daily, but like, is it, but like, where's the break? We need a break. There's been literally no break because the offseason was so short and the draft was for some reason like two oh, weeks man. ago. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been crazy. Either way, uh, yeah, thoughts on Norm? Are you assuming he's going to be just fine? Yeah, see, Norm, Norm is always thinking, obviously, he's been a wild card, but you, like last season, like, you know, we saw the stretch of the games that, we, that he had, and even in the bubble, like, you know, he performed considerably well. The Boston series was rough for pretty much everybody. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really worried about Norm. He'll find his footing. Um, you know, it, it was shaky for a lot of guys. It was even shaky for Pascal before he started hitting threes. So, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Chris Boucher uh, played 14 mm-hmm. minutes, did the thing where he gets all of the stats in a very short amount of time. Uh, <laughs> nine points, four boards, two assists, one steal, three blocks, hit a three, looked pretty good doing it, plus 17 yeah. in this one. Uh, I had him penciled in to be part of Nick Nurse's regular rotation, backing up Pascal for the most part, uh, instead of playing a ton of five. Um, and I, I don't see any reason why that would change. He looked uh, really, really fun, despite the five personal fouls in 14. He gets the stats, man, no matter where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boucher, Boucher is always like somebody who brings a lot of excitement and brings us he can absolutely bring a spark especially if you're throwing lobs up to him or if he's like you know getting blocks and in the paint um it is going to be interesting to see how he fares with you know more athletic bigs i know that he has the mobility to kind of keep up with him but it's a matter of how he controls his body you know what i'm saying so um we're definitely going to miss Ibaka and Gasol and the rim protection and the and the defending of the bigs, especially when it comes down to, you know, defending Giannis, defending Kevin Durant this year, defending uh, Joel Embiid, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's going to be really interesting. And I hope that um, Chris Boucher takes a considerably progressive step in asserting himself as a kind of defensive anchor mm-hmm. of some sort, you know? Yeah, absolutely. He's fun as hell to watch regardless. Mm-hmm. And like, look, man, the regular season is made more fun by dudes who you have no idea what they're going to give you every time they pop in. And uh, that's the beauty of Chris Boucher. Uh, DeAndre Benbury got in a little bit. He played nine minutes, three assists, just a couple points. Uh, I thought he looked kind of nice with the ball in his hands. And like, you can very he's very easily see even when he doesn't have the ball he's kind of on the wing kind of directing traffic like that dude is a point guard who has mm-hmm. been forced into wing duty uh, like since leaving college mostly because he played with Trey Young but mm-hmm. like he's still got those instincts there and again i mean there's no shortage of good options if you're looking for a guard to fill in that 8 or 9 spot in the rotation what do you think of Benbury in his 10 minutes or 9 minutes yeah, uh, Bebry, when I saw his highlights of what he did in Atlanta especially on the defensive end um you know, that's that's another kind of plug and play guy that I think Nurse is going to use uh, considerably more often than probably what he did with like Rondé Hollis Jefferson. You know, saying I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to be that high octane kind of hustle energy guy. But I think that he provides more on the defensive end. And, like you know, you need high flyers. He'll definitely give you that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you know, what more he can bring on the offensive end, for sure. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. A couple other ones here. Uh, Alex Len just played nine minutes. He had a three points, three boards, a couple steals, a block. Um, I I, I want to see. This is might be the most interesting thing for me in the next couple of preseason games is how much does Len play because I on Friday had penciled in Len to kind of be the full time backup center to Baines with Boucher mm-hmm. playing more at the four. And, you know, Nurse said before this game he wanted to try to replicate something of a rotation in this game. It didn't quite happen because everyone played a pretty substantial amount and, you know, it was kind of spread out. But, um, you know, Len didn't come in until the second half. I wonder if that is a hint maybe that he's maybe on the outside looking in of the rotation. Um, not, not much to say about his game necessarily. He did Alex Len things. He, you know, had a couple of nice finishes on the roll and stuff. But yeah. uh, I'm at least curious about that. Is that one of your more interesting things for the next preseason game as well? Um, I think what Nurse is doing, I think he's just going to stagger it out. Like, I think, you know, the starting five in the next game is going to be a lot different than what we saw in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's just going to flesh out like, all right, you get you get some minutes here. You're going to get some more minutes here. So we'll probably see more Lennon Bembry. We'll probably see more Jalen Harris. You know what I'm saying? So I think just like how nurses is handling it right now. It's just like, all right, let me see what the main guys are doing. And then the next game around, he's just going to, you know, give uh, other guys more minutes that didn't get a lot of minutes. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I think that it, it it's really impossible to look at the preseason and, and kind of make deter- like concrete determinations as how that's going to affect the outcome of decision-making in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I just really think that he, you just get a feel for things. And then in the regular season, that's when you start to see a lot of the tendencies. But as we know of Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse doesn't particularly uh, take a lot of stock in the regular season as he focuses on postseason play. So that's where he gets to test out stuff and mm-hmm. put guys in different positions and be like, all right, this is what this is going to be. He's looking at lineups. He's looking at matchups because he doesn't he doesn't show his cards until the postseason. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just expect more of that this year as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it, it just one of my bigger takeaways from this game was there are a lot of dudes on this team who can do useful things. And it might be kind of silly to, you know, r- restrict yourself to a regular eight man rotation like you said. Exactly. You wanted to. I think it's going to be a lot more sort of trial and error than we maybe expect or maybe even Nick Nurse expected going in. Um, We should probably discuss the elephant in the room, Jordan, to wrap this up, not to make it a downer to close the podcast, but uh, Terrence Davis on the day of his first court date or the day after his first court date uh, did play in this game. He played 17 minutes. He had 13 points Um, on the floor. looked pretty good, but... I think there was a lot of disappointment that he got early run in this game. He was one of the first guys off the bench. Um, yeah. The court case is still pending. I think 23rd is the next day. There was not much in the way of any sort of concrete anything out of his first uh, court date on Friday. Yeah. You know, I, I on this podcast, I, I think they are not really doing enough when it comes to Terrence Davis. At the very least, I feel like he should be on paid leave until this is all dealt with and I'm not comfortable with him getting minutes right now, but you know, how are you sort of reconciling this whole thing with Davis playing during this still ongoing court case? And he doesn't seem like he's lost any sort of status in the rotation as a result. Right. Um, it definitely is a, um, like you said, it is an elephant in the room. It is a difficult thing to wrap your head around as it pertains to what the team is doing. And 
falling in line with the protocols that have been determined with like, you know, the N- the NBA and the MBPA. Uh, and, you know, it's still an ongoing investigation. And I know that they, it's just because for like basketball reasons and it has to be determined, like, you know, if they're doing these disciplinary actions because of basketball reasons, like it's a, it's, it's a lot, but like, it, it's hard to, I wasn't like, actively rooting for him I was like being observant just like okay like you know he's still he's still a good player it's just like mm-hmm. it's really unfortunate that he's in the position that he's like he put himself in this position and who knows if we everything kind of just is determined you know when the season starts and when he has his next court date and stuff like that so I don't know he probably doesn't even make it through the season being on the Raptors roster but again I can't really speculate yeah. on that but um it, it, it's it's difficult to tell um obviously you would like you would like him to like you know not have this dark cloud over the team uh but i think because of the pieces and that we have in place and looking at you know guys like og and malachi and fred just getting paid a lot of money and pascal's um max um salary kicks off this season so i think they're a a lot of other different stories to focus on. Not to say that, you know, what Terrence has did or some some uh, uh, fans have referred to him as simply redacted for, <laughs> great, for great reasons. Shout, shout out to the women fans uh, of the Raptors because, you know, obviously that's something that, um, you know, hits close to them. Totally. Um, so it's... Um, we're, we're just going to have to, it's really one of those wait and see approaches. I know that, you know, Masai gave a statement saying like they were looking at the investigation and they talked to the women in the organization as to how to like kind of carry it out to not make it seem like they're just being, um, being coy about it or that they're not uh, putting real thought into it. And I can at least trust that they have done their due diligence on that side, but I don't know. It's just when it comes to sports and, uh, domestic violence and it, it's across the board whether it's basketball or hockey or or football like there there's always these instances but it's just a matter of like you know how it's how each organization plays it out and I think that because of working with the league and the players association plus the outside investigation and how that all wraps in like I'm not an expert on it I can't really speak to it but mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think that he's going to be uh, prominently featured to the point where, like, you know, if, if and when the day comes that the Raptors do have to move on from him, it's not going to be something that's going to heavily impact the team, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, th- 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 I, that's well said. I, I think, you know, I had a lot of people in my mentions last night sort of saying, hey, I'm not even watching games that he's playing in, and I, I can't not begrudge you at all if that's your right. approach to this. If it right. says, so like, fractured your fandom in any way, I, I completely empathize and understand um i I think you know for me the uh, last night i came up with the the idea that i'm going to donate five bucks for every game terrence davis plays to the red door which look up the red door wonderful wonderful uh family shelter in toronto that does great work for women and children fleeing domestic violence um you know that's how i'm reconciling it to myself um Mm. but everyone's going to process it differently and if this hurts your fandom in any way i i completely understand and i do not uh, i i'm on your side with that uh fully because it is uh not an ideal situation 
that I, I think the Raptors very easily could have avoided for the time being by just putting him on paid leave and not getting him into a Charlotte Hornets preseason game that doesn't matter at all. Yeah. But yeah. with that, I feel like we should uh, wrap this up, Jordan. This was awesome, man. I'm so glad to uh, have finally had you on with me on the podcast. Of course, you were excellent on your first appearance with uh, Vivek and Sandy, I believe, back in the summer. But it was lovely having you on. Where can people find you and all of the wonderful stuff that you do? Uh, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter, Mr. Underscore Sticks. I'm on Instagram, Mr. Sticks, full out Mr. Um, you know, I have a website that shows off my editing, uh, jordanhaleseditor.com. Uh, and yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm just out here. Hit me up, send me a message, hit me up, whatever. We'll talk about things, but you know, I'm chilling. And also listen to the Yo Sticks podcast. Yes. Great. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Go listen to the Yostix podcast. Um, thanks so much, man. This was great. And uh, hopefully thank we can you. do I it again it. soon. Uh, everyone, it. thanks so much for listening. We'll wrap it there. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. It's much appreciated. Uh, again, now that you're done with this episode, go and listen to the Locked on NBA season previews. Six parts. First part's up today. I am featured in part one for the Atlantic Division, so go and listen to that. I'll be back again on Tuesday to break down the game against the Hornets again Monday night. We'll talk more about, uh, you know, wild and crazy takes that we can draw from meaningless basketball games because that's what we do. That's the Lockdown Raptors <laughs> promise. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again. Talk to you on Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.